So today is an exciting day if you didn't know. It is our plunge fest today. That is our water and baptism time that we're going to have. We're actually going to do a little different today. We're going to do it as part of our teaching time. So we're just going to roll right in from the teaching time. I'm going to do a couple interviews with those that are being baptized. The band's going to take the stage to do a celebration song. We're going to roll right into baptisms and stuff. So it should be, should be a lot of fun, kind of uh, cut out the downtime that many times we experience when we do Plunge Fest. And we're still going to have a potluck, and there's chicken going to be on the way. So if you can, after we're done with our service time today, please hang out and enjoy a lunch and celebrate with those that are following the Lord Jesus in baptism. Baptism. So today is the last week of our message series called Restart. We started on Easter. We talked about restarting our lives with Jesus. And then we started about talking about how we restart different areas of our lives after we get into this relationship with Jesus. We talked about restarting relationships. We talked about restarting finances. And then we talked about restarting our habits. Today, we're going to talk about restarting our identities. If you think about us as Americans, now most of us, I would think all of us are U.S. citizens, unless maybe you are from Canada, and if you are, welcome to America today. Welcome to Connect, you Canadians. And so, but many of us, if not all of us, are U.S. citizens. And how do we identify with the U.S.? As you grow up, there are certain markers in your life that identifies you as an American citizen. The first thing is your social security card. I think I was 12 when I received mine, and I know my girls received it really young, like six, seven years old, something like that. And I I don't know if they give it to you at birth now or what, but this is one of the things that identifies us as Americans is our social security card. Now, with that comes some privileges, right? It signifies that we're a U.S. citizen, It enables us to get a job, a permanent job here in the U.S. as a U.S. citizen because there's something called the tax, right, Social Security tax, that is taken out of our paychecks every month or every week or every other week, however you get paid. So that's something that identifies us, and that is a privilege. So hopefully down the road something will be there for us, uh, you know, as as we age and, and get a little older in life. But there are some also some boundaries that come with just having a social security card. You can't drive with a social security card, right? You can't get into Canada with a social security card. But there are privileges, but there's also boundaries. Which brings me to the next thing is a driver's license. A U.S. driver's license, the privilege then that you have after you do that initial waiting period and and getting the permit and driver's ed, and then you can only drive family members for so long and blah, blah, blah. But eventually you'll get to hey, you know, you have freedom, real freedom now to drive around the U.S., right? But there are some restrictions or boundaries with that. You can't go into Canada. You used to be able to go into Canada with just a, a, a birth certificate. And I remember growing up in Buffalo, going over what we call the Peace Bridge over to Ontario, which is not far from Niagara Falls. Uh, we used to just say citizenship, and we'd say U.S., and, and that's all. They'd ask, just ask you questions. Even the little, little guys would have to say U.S., you know, Parents would coach us, now make sure you say U.S., because if you say anything else, then we got to pull over, they got to stop, they're going to check us, all kinds of crazy stuff's going to happen. So as a little kid, I'm scared to death in the back seat, right? U.S. So, but these days, that's a little different. A driver's license can't do that anymore, or just saying you're from the U.S. won't, won't do that anymore. 
you need now a passport, and that's kind of the next form of identity as a U.S. citizen, is a U.S. passport. I know I've had one for quite a few years now. I've done a couple missions trips over the years, Jeannie and I both. And so, uh, you know, having a passport gives you now extra privileges. You can travel outside the country. Uh, you can go to foreign lands on vacation or missions trips or whatever. You know, so the passport gives us some privileges. But there are still boundaries with a passport. Uh, one I can think of is you can't go to space. You can't go on the space shuttle with a passport. That requires a different, different type of identification. And that identification is NASA, but we, we won't talk about that. But these are just a few things to get us thinking as how we identify as Americans. Couple cards, license, passport, what have you. So the question now I have for each one of us is each one of us is what is your identity? And we can answer that question in many different ways. I remember when I was in middle school, I wanted to kind of change my identity. Uh, back in Buffalo, you did grammar school, and then there was junior high, which is kind of middle school, and then there was high school. So I went to a Catholic school until eighth grade, and then ninth grade, I went to junior high, so I was there for one year, and then I went on to high school, which is 10, 11, and 12. So I can remember being in ninth grade, and it was really weird because I was, you know, at the end of my grammar school year, seventh, eighth grade, and then in the ninth grade, I was a geeky guy. I was a little overweight, so I just, you know, I just kind of didn't fit with any one group. I had a great group of friends, don't get me wrong, but it was just kind of an awkward time for me. And in between ninth grade and 10th grade, something really weird happened. I grew two and a half inches, no lie. I grew two and a half inches. And at that point in time, you know, I slimmed down just naturally because, you know, I grew two and a half inches. So my mom had to take me out shopping. And so I had to get a whole new wardrobe and everything before I went into high school. And so I really kind of changed my identity a little bit from this geeky, overweight kid, and then now I go into 10th grade, and it was like I was a whole totally different person. And so I picked clothes that would identify me with a certain group, and so kind of my identity changed a little bit. Well, maybe you don't resonate exactly with that story, but maybe you can think at different times in your life where maybe your identity has changed. Uh, Maybe a job, you know, getting a different job, change your identity. I know for guys, that's, you know, hey, what do you do? You know, we get meet somebody you know. We want to try to find that common ground with people. And usually it's your profession first. And then you find out more. Well, do you like sports? Do you like golfing? Do you like hunting? What do you like? You know, so, but usually it's, oh, so what do you do? So maybe your job has changed your identity a little bit over the years. Or, or maybe uh, your career, maybe not just your job, but you've changed careers at different times in your life. Or maybe just changing a city, you know, I, I still say, you know, they say, well, it's just really funny. I don't know. Being from Buffalo, New York, and being in the military and being in Great Falls, it's, you know, I mean, we're Montanans now, right? I've been a Montana resident for a long, long time. But when people still say, hey, where are you from? I always say Buffalo, New York. I don't say Great Falls. I don't say Montana. I don't know why. Because as part of my identity is still in New York, although I'm a New York transplant to Montana. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Montana. That's why Gene and I have stayed here for 30 years But it's really funny when we start talking about identities. So what is your identity? How would you define that in your own life? Or maybe the more important question would be, how do you look at yourself and your identity spiritually? What would you filter that question through? 
Some of us, it, it could be a sinner. Maybe you just consider yourself a sinner. Maybe you consider yourself a failure in God's eyes or maybe a disappointment or something like that. You know, there's a great old hymn, Amazing Grace. I'm not going to sing it, so you can say thank you, Bob. Uh, There you go. But Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Great song. In context, I was a wretch. I'm no longer a wretch. But do you think of yourself as a wretch maybe? I mean, for many of us, that could be a true statement. And, and I know Jesus doesn't look at us that way because we, we've been transformed. If you've identified with him and if you call him the savior, savior of your life and you're a Christian, because the big idea today is this, and if you're taking notes, there's notes available in the front. There's also some notes in the back or you can go on your Connect Church app and follow along. But the big idea for today is Jesus took my identity and yours so I could have his. That's the, that's the big idea. Jesus took our identities so that we could have his identity. So I want to go to the book of Acts. We've got a great story in here that really talks about this identification. I mean, there's plenty of stories in the Bible that we could go to, but this Acts story is really interesting. I'm going to go to Acts chapter 8. If you don't have a Bible uh, with you today, there's some in the back that you can grab. And if you don't have one at home, that Bible now is yours to keep. Or you can follow along an electronic device. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT today. Acts 8, starting with verse 26, it says this, As for Philip, now if you don't know, Philip was one of Jesus' disciples, and, and now he's going out and he's on mission, right? As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandaka tradition, the queen of Ethiopia. Now, now this Kandaka, or maybe in your version it says Candace, that was actually the title of the queen. It wasn't her name, but that was the title that she had. So he's the treasurer of this queen of Ethiopia, and he is a man of great authority. Continuing on, it says, the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, which is an interesting point, and now he was returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Many of us that maybe have been around the Bible for a few years have run across this story before in Acts. But what I want us to do is kind of break it down a little bit and slow down here and ask a couple questions. It's really interesting that we see this eunuch from Ethiopia wanted to go to worship in Jerusalem, and now he finds himself on the return trip with a book of Isaiah. And really, I mean, if you think about it, they didn't have the printing press, right? He didn't swipe it uh, off the, uh, from the Jerusalem Hotel, the Gideon's version of the Bible, right? He couldn't go on to the U version like we can today and figure out, okay, well, I just want to read out of the book of Isaiah. So it's really interesting that he has the scroll, first of all. Now, he was a man of great authority, so he probably had great wealth. And this scroll, now, they were handwritten, right, from a master copy, scribes would, would handwrite it, and it would probably take up to a year, I found out, 
to handwrite this scroll, the book of Isaiah. And it would be expensive because, like I said, the printing press wasn't around. It wasn't like you had this on every bookshelf. No, these were few and far between. Now, all the synagogues had the scrolls, but people didn't have scrolls back in that day. So those are just a couple of really interesting thoughts to think about as far as this Ethiopian man having the scroll. And the other thing is he must have been having an identity crisis, right? Because he was from Ethiopia. There, there wasn't a lot. There were uh, Judaism. There was some Judaism in Ethiopia. But you got to figure he was probably uh, a black man, right? Probably not a Jew at that point in time. But he was traveling over to Jerusalem to worship. He was really serious about this identity that he was trying to develop for himself. Really interesting if we kind of break it down. He went through great lengths to go over to Jerusalem to worship. And a eunuch, if you don't know, is a a male person who's castrated. And, And the Jews didn't look favorably upon males that were castrated. They couldn't even get into the temple to worship. And he was an outsider from a different country. So, of course, he wouldn't be able to get into the temple either. So here's this guy going on this huge, long journey with all of this stuff going on. He really wanted to find out about this God that he was reading about in the book of Isaiah. He was seeking some kind of new identity. Well, let's pick up the story now in verse 29. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, this is really interesting, too, because he's reading aloud. And culturally, back in the day, that, that's what they would do. If they were reading, you would read aloud. So uh, Philip heard him speaking, so he knew that he was reading uh, out of the Bible. And so he runs alongside the carriage, and he's listening to this eunuch uh, reciting out of the book of Isaiah. And it's, it's really interesting, the portion of the book that the eunuch is reading from. So let's pick that up here at the end of verse 30. So Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he'd been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Now, this part of Isaiah is taken out of Isaiah 53, and it's really a really important portion of the Old Testament talking about Jesus being the Messiah, and Jesus would come to suffer for the sins of the people. And so in verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, he says, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. And so what did Philip tell him? Well, he told him that, that there was sin in each one of our lives and that the only way to pay for that sin was a sacrifice. And God the Father sent his son, the Messiah, Jesus, to pay that penalty for this eunuch's sins. And God's son was holy 
And he died a sinner's death so that we could be identified as holy as well. And so that really resonated with this eunuch, the fact that this good news was brought to him. And how ironic that he was reading Isaiah 53 where it talked about Jesus and what Jesus was doing. Jesus took my identity so I could have his. And and evidently the eunuch said yes because of what we read here in the next couple lines. In, in, In verse 36 it says this, As they rode along they came to some water and the eunuch said, Look, there's some water. Why can't we be baptized? And the cool thing today is that we are going to do that very same thing. We are going to baptize. Look, there's water. Why can't we be baptized? And so the eunuch saw the change in his heart, or he felt the change in his heart. And evidently Philip shared about baptism because Jesus was baptized. And the eunuch saw this water and he said, hey, why, why can't I be baptized today? And so what happened? The eunuch got baptized on that very road that he was traveling back to his hometown. He got baptized and his identity changed. Sure, he was still the man of authority. He was still the treasurer. That was his occupation. But now he was identified with Jesus because of the transformation that he had in his heart. And through the baptism I really look at baptism as part of our covenant with God. And I think I've shared this with you guys in the past, but whenever we talk about baptism, I think of my own baptism when I got baptized. It was about five or six weeks after we had come to the Lord, and it was just something they offered it, and I'm like, you know what? This is the next step. This is my next step with Jesus, is to be baptized. And so Gene and I and our eldest daughter, we got baptized. And it was just really well, that was miraculous, but I went down and I came back up and it was like something had changed. I just can't really put my finger on it, but it was like, it was a covenant. It was like something was sealed now in my spirit and sealed in my mind now that I'd made this public, public proclamation of the transformation I had in my heart. It was just miraculous. And I tell you what, I came up and I felt different. It was just Was I saved now? No, I was saved weeks before that. I was sealed with Jesus weeks before that. But there was a spiritual dynamic that happened to me that I can't explain after I got baptized. And this eunuch here had the exact exact same thing happen to him. He changed his identity. Well, and the question I have for each one of us is, is that you today? Do you need a restart? Do you need a change in your identity? Jesus took my sins or and my took my identity so I could have his. So let's talk a little bit about the role of baptism as far as this change in, in, in identity goes. I shared you a little bit of my heart, what happened with me. But if we go to Colossians, Paul has some things to say about baptism too. Colossians chapter 2 starting in verse 12, it says this, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Well, there's a couple things I want us to see here that I'm going to talk about is is the phrase or the words with Christ. 
In water baptism, this is in your notes, we are with Christ. We're with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. So basically in water baptism, we join the life of Christ. And then he joined me on the cross, paying the penalty for my sin. And so now I join him in dying to that old sinful nature and rising up out of the water into a new life. That's what baptism really means. I identify with Jesus now instead of with my old life or whoever I was. In Bozeman today, there's, there's a young boy getting baptized. His name is, is River Olson. I almost said River Phoenix. That's the only river I think I know is, is that actor. But River Olson, he'll be baptized today. And, and his mom was talking to him about kind of what that meant in his life. And, you know, you know, you kind of talk the kids through it especially if they're young. You want to make sure that they understand what's going on and what they're doing. And, and I tell you what, there's a lot of young kids that really know what's going on. So. But it takes some questioning and it takes some figuring out by parents and, and adults and stuff like that that are in their lives. But he said this, he said that, you know, uh, his mom said, what will be different after you're baptized? And he told her that he and his neighbor friend are going to have to stop sneaking food out of the refrigerator after he's baptized. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious and cute? But that's part of the deal. He understands that there's a transformation taking place. Now, he, he shouldn't be stealing now because, you know, he said Jesus is his Savior. So I'll have to talk a little bit uh, to him about his theology and stuff. But, but, but that from a kid's heart or a kid's perspective, that's really awesome. He gets it. He understands that he's putting his old things behind. And when he gets baptized, now he's a new creation and he's, all things are new. Now, don't get me wrong. Here at Connect, we believe that happens at the moment of salvation. And in water baptism, we're, we're just following Jesus' example. But like I told you in my own life, there is a spiritual dynamic here in being baptized, something I just can't put my finger on. But it's really funny how, how he saw that as something now that was going to you know, be the next step in his transformation in his life, following Jesus in baptism. In Romans 6, verse 4, we read this. For we died and were buried with Christ. There's that with Christ again. With Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Jesus took my identity so I could have his. And then in verse 6, it says this. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. Throughout our research, the team, you know, we have a teaching team that gets together and we research the the different messages we do and one of us does the outline and then all of us get together and we talk about the different points and things. But during our research, we found out that Christians in the ancient church uh, were so convinced of this idea of of identifying with Christ in his death, that they would actually get baptized naked. They would strip off their clothes because Jesus was stripped of his clothes when he died. And, and then they would be baptized naked. Now, we're not going to practice that here at Connect. And everybody says, everybody says amen. <laughs> It'd be a little awkward, all right? 
But, but I bring that point up to say that, wow, I mean, that is just really a gr- great commitment. I mean, they identified so much with Jesus in his death that that's what they chose to do. The old life is dead, and when they came out of the water, everything now was new. There's a couple things that I want to make mention of about baptism, and then what we're going to do is we're going to bring the three people that are going to be baptized. We'll bring them up, and I'll do a little interview with them so you get to know them just a little bit. Uh, But baptism is not just a ritual. It's not just a ritual. It's not just tradition. Baptism is not just a symbol. Now, it is a symbol, and I've talked about it. It's a symbol in our lives, but it's not just a symbol. And baptism is just not obedience. It it is obedience, but it's not just obedience. Baptism is an exchange of our identity. It truly is an exchange of our identity. Jesus took my identity so I could have his. Now, I want to kind of finish out this teaching and and talk about the eunuch, because you might be wondering what happened with him, and there's not really anything else in Acts that talks about the eunuch, but there are other historical documents that reference this eunuch, and, and evidently what he did is he went back to Ethiopia, full of the Spirit, baptized, a Jesus lover now, has this new identity in his life, a, a high-ranking official, we got to remember that. And so he had some serious influence in Ethiopia. And, and it is said that he was obviously the first missionary, but through his work, he founded many of the original Christian churches in Ethiopia because of this transformation that he had on this road. And Philip being a part of that is just is, is pretty cool. A lot of people came to know Jesus because of what happened with Philip and him on that road that day. And actually, there is all, if you look at a map, there's all Muslim nations surrounding Ethiopia, but Ethiopia to this day, at least as far as the last census goes, is approximately 63% Christians are in Ethiopia. Amazing statistic in the year 20, I think it was 20, 2007 is when that census was taken, I think. So that's still, that's amazing. couple of years ago, but what an amazing statistic all these years later. That is the power of a changed identity, is it not? That's the power of a changed identity. So right now we're going to have just a little bit of of an interview with those that are are being baptized. I'm going to ask Sally to come up first. Sally, I didn't give you guys an order, I'm sorry. So Sally, I'm going to pick you first. (laughs) So Sally, if you want to come up here, I do have a microphone. Now, now, I... All these people are probably really, really afraid and really, really nervous. So we're going to sit down and we're just going to chill. So just make sure that you hold the mic close to your mouth so that everybody can hear you. So why don't you tell me who you are and, and what, where are you in your uh, relationship with Jesus? So where was that transformation <laughs> taking place? So, um, Can you hear? Little, all, all the way up, yep. I'm yeah. Sally Simmons. Um, been consciously trying to follow my spiritual path for probably about three years. Came to the mission about six months ago. Really didn't believe the Bible. Um, Thought it was a good book. Thought Jesus was a good man. But I had gotten away from religion. I grew up in a, we went to church every Sunday, but I got away from that. And so it's just... uh, 
So tell me the moment where you realized that it just wasn't a book and that you needed to commit your life to Jesus. Was it just one event? Was it a chapel service or was it in your room? Or, or where was that to where you recommitted your life to the Lord? Probably remembering that I saw him when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was about 12 or 13, he was in kind of a meditation. He was mm-hmm. physically there. And I thought, how could he be there? How could that have happened unless mm-hmm. it was real? Mm-hmm. How long ago was that now, approximately? A couple weeks, a couple months? <laughs> No, no, not not the meditation. Not, no, you no, guys no, thinking no. of trying to get a rage out of her. <laughs> you guys are silly. <laughs> I'm not saying that. No. When did you recommit your life to the Lord? Weeks, months. I was committed to following God, but I probably didn't realize that Jesus died on the cross and truly believe that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, past couple months, I couldn't give you a day. It, right. It's been a. You know, the same thing happened Absorbing. to me. Yeah, same thing happened to me. I, I prayed the sinner's prayer of Pat Robertson for like two weeks. You know, so I can't, I, I don't have a date of when I was saved. I have a time, you know, a time frame of when God really worked on my heart. And so I, I hear you saying kind of the same thing there. So why be baptized then? Because I felt guided to. You brought it up, and then I read a chapter on it, and then some, in like two and a half, three hours, three things happened. I just went, got it. Okay, yeah, so this is the next yeah. step. This is the next step for you. And as long as it's clothing, we get to have clothing. We do, we get, yes, yeah. I, I'm naked, we I are am not, so out of there. We, we won't follow the ancient church in I this do area. have boundaries, I represent the mission. <laughs> there you go. All right, give it up for Sally. Now, a- after we do each interview, uh, the interviewee, uh, I made up a new word today, baptizee. So the baptizee, We'll, we'll go and get changed, and then uh, after we're done with the interviews, the celebration song, I'll get changed, and we'll roll right into the baptism. So it's going to be streamlined today. Uh, I'm going to ask Dina to come up. Dina's next. I can't see, so hopefully she's moving at this time. So Okay, good, good. These li- I really love these lights. This is Ryan's idea, by the way. And so these lights are really cool because for video, it, it lights everything up, but for seeing, it's not too cool. All right, so keep the mic really close to your mouth and just tell the folks who you are and when did you uh, recommit your life to Jesus? Uh, My name is Dina Finch, and a couple of months ago, um, I was at the mission and made some unfortunate choices and um, had some medical problems and finally made that uh, connection with somebody Mm -hmm. and... God really used them to connect with me, so then I was able to connect with him. And Good. So now what in your life has changed since then? Um, well, I'm in the discipleship program at the mission. Okay. So, um, yeah. Um, so basically everything's changed. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. You're learning more about Jesus and what that, what that means to serve him. Cause, Absolutely. Uh, I don't know exactly all the ins and outs of the discipleship program, but I, I know that it's pretty intense as far as understanding your role with Christ and, and really getting into the Bible and understanding who Jesus is and, and what it means to be a Christian, right? Exactly. So uh, so why be baptized uh, then today? What, what does this mean to you? Um, you know, it's hard to formulate the words, but I think that it's just, you know, like you said, the whole covenant thing and, mm-hmm. and you know, the representation of what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to add or share? 
Um, well, like Sally, I'm glad we're not doing this naked. I'm just, <laughs> Man, is that going to be the takeaway for today? Wait a minute. Right? All right. Give it up for Dina. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Okay, Holly's next. Holly's the, Holly is the last one that we're going to have today. So I'm squinting. There she is. I see some movement over here in a Montana Grizz sweatshirt. Hey, give it up for the Grizz. <laughs> How many Bobcats fans do we have out there? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I want to give due time for the Bobcat fans. So, uh, so there we go. Okay. Hold it close to your mouth. I'm sorry to be a stickler about that, but that's so the people can hear you. So, okay, tell us who you are and uh, tell us your uh, conversion with, with Jesus. You know, when, when did that take place and how did that come about? My name's Holly Evans, and it started, I was living on the streets, like literally living on the streets mm-hmm. for two months, mm-hmm. homeless, mm-hmm. and majorly into drugs. And I decided to go to the mission on June 28th of last year. And since Mm -hmm. then, I've been sober and committed to the Lord. Awesome. That's wonderful. Give it up. That's great. What a great story. That's a long time, too. That's really good. Good for you with with the Lord's help. That's awesome. Okay, so now um, tell us a little bit about why you want to be baptized today. Because I just, God put it on my heart to get baptized Mm -hmm. because actually I didn't question the Lord as Mm -hmm. to why, but um, originally I was supposed to be getting baptized with my husband today, but um, unfortunately he couldn't be here, but God still put it on my heart to Mm -hmm. continue with it and just, I want to recommit my life with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good, so. good, good. Yeah, good, give it up. That's good. So how has your life changed now with Jesus in your life? Can you share just a little bit, just a little bit about that? I've been, I've been able to manage my sobriety a lot mm-hmm. better, and I've been able to have healthier relationships with friends, Mm -hmm. family, and my husband. Mm -hmm. Good, 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 good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. We're excited for you today, Holly. Give it up for Holly. (laughs) Thanks. It's wonderful. You know, and the theme that we keep hearing is is the transformation theme. My life was this way, and, and now it's that way. You know, there has been a, there's been a heart change. There's been a life change in each one of these people's lives that really now they identify with Jesus instead of identifying with the, their past life or the things of the past. And, and this is just a great time for us to be able to celebrate with them in this next step in their relationship with Jesus by, uh, by doing this covenant. I, the word covenant just uh, resonates today in my mind, and I didn't really plan on talking about covenant, but just this, this next step in our relationship with Jesus and this covenant that God has with us, and now we make this covenant back with him. Um, one more thing that I, I want to share with you is in Acts uh, chapter 8, verse 37. And, and we read this before, but, but the, the cool thing 
is this. They came along some water and the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? Why can't I be baptized? And that's the question that I, that I ask to you today, or if you're thinking about that, why can't I be baptized? Well, here at Connect, we like to do what we call spontaneous baptisms. And so if you feel the Lord leading you to be baptized to now, right now, this morning, making that decision, what we're going to do is we're going to bring the band back up here in a few moments, and they're going to take us through a celebration song while I get changed. And if that's you, find me. After I get changed, find me before we get into the baptisms because I have some questions for you, and I'd like to chat with you a little bit. But we have T-shirts, and we have shorts available, and we have towels. So if, if that's you today and you want to do a spontaneous baptism, uh, come and chat with me. Um, I, I met with the, the, the baptizees earlier, and, and I just took them through the questions that I asked them. I just kind of asked them, you know, what has brought you to this point? How has your life changed? When did Jesus, when did you call Jesus Savior in your life? When did you commit your life to the Lord? So I'll be asking you those same questions if you want to do a spontaneous baptism this morning. But uh, it's just like, what, what a great example we see. The, the eunuch just said, hey, why can't I be baptized now? And Philip said, you can. Let's do it. So let's bow our heads in prayer right now before we move on to, with the rest of our, our service today. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the changing of lives and the changing of hearts. And, and many of us have experienced that in our lives, God. Some of us have made a commitment as a young child and then maybe made a recommitment uh, after we, t- we took the wrong road for a while. But God, either way, we are, we are back on track with you. You have changed our identity as we identify with you and saying the prayer of salvation and then following Jesus and baptism. Lord, you change our identity. You're in the, the business of changing identities. And Lord, maybe there's some here that, that you'd like to change their identity right now. As we are bowed in his presence, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, maybe that's you. If it is, I'm going to say a prayer over us today and, and, and you say that prayer silently to yourself. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus. I believe that he is the Savior. Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I have sin in my life, but I believe that Jesus died and rose again to take my sins away. So I say this prayer right now, that you would change my life from the inside out, that Jesus, you are now my Lord and Savior. You are the leader of my life, and I I forsake that old life that I was living. Come into my life now, change my heart, change my mind, shape my future. I commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those that might have said that prayer. That's what it's all about, folks. That, that, that's, it's about a changed life. It's about putting people here at Connect and in our lives and giving them an opportunity to make that change in their life. Well, if that was you, if, if you made that commitment, mark your connection card, please. We'd like to remember you in prayer. We'd like to pray for you and come alongside of you on this journey. And so if that was you, mark your connection card. Uh, We're going to collect the cards right now. So I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. We're going to collect the cards in your offering envelopes. If you have a prayer request, there's prayer requests on that card. Uh, Next steps maybe that you've taken. 
So go ahead and, and if you were to my right, uh, your left, if you're on the end aisle, grab the basket and send it. And put the cards, put the envelopes in there. And then when you're done, go ahead and stand. We're going to worship a little bit. And then Ryan's going to have you guys be seated. And we're going to do the baptism before we release you today.